Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Today is 7 June, Sunday. It's time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And the first announcement before we get into the Prophecy Update is that the South Florida Susan B. Anthony list, which I've mentioned a few times, if you are here in Florida, especially in South Florida, and you would like work, you can do it, I believe, by the telephone. It may be extended where you have to go out and uh, uh, knock on doors now, but it's a paying job and it is to get people interested in voting for Trump. And their main thing is, uh, you know, protecting life, non-abortion, stuff like that. But it's a paid position. She has 20 positions in South Florida. So if uh, it's something that interests you, not just here, people online, then uh, please let me know, and I will put you in touch with the lady that takes care of this. It's something that will benefit the elections. You know, in Florida, things are tightening and tightening as more Democrats move into the state, and eventually will be a, a, a liberal state. Hopefully that won't happen. But, you know, the more people that we can convince not to vote Democrat simply for that reason, if any other reason, it would be a good thing. Okay, our first category, as always, is Israel. And does anybody know what today is? June 7th is the 53rd anniversary of Israel's retaking of Jerusalem. June 7th, 1967, they went in there and they recaptured the old city of Jerusalem, and it's been under Israeli control ever since. They did hand control of the Temple Mount back to the Waqf, which is too bad, but, you know, they did that as a gesture of peace, which they have gotten pretty much none of that. But they did uh, recapture it 53 years ago today, so that's pretty wonderful stuff. All right, our first article is from Haaretz. Army chief is preparing IDF for violence in the West Bank over July annexation. Defense sources say in Israel that in contrast to previous periods of tension, which, you know, they've had intifadas and they've had thises and thats, the break between Palestinian Authority security apparatus and its Israeli counterparts is more significant this time. So they're worried about all kinds of things if they do annex. From the Times of Israel, Gantz tells Army to step up preparations as West Bank annexation looms. A month ahead of proposed extension of Israeli sovereignty to settlements and Jordan Valley, the government fills in the military on aspects of its plans. And then, just a day ago, Times of Israel, U.S. highly unlikely to back July 1st annexation. Now, that's completely different than what we've been hearing for months and months, but mapping far from done. They're worried about the mapping, and the U.S. doesn't want to do something too quickly. So I'm not sure what's going on, but that came out. Preparatory work set back by weeks, maybe even months, because of COVID-19 crisis. Times of Israel. Netanyahu said to tell settlers U.S. enthusiasm for annexation may have lessened. Official at talks tell Times of Israel the Prime Minister told West Bank mayors Washington's stance has toughened. Application of sovereignty may not happen as quickly or at the scope previously planned. I don't know if that's true or if they're just saying this to get people to calm down before they actually step forward and annex. I have no idea what the political games are here, but that just came out and we'll have to see where that's going to go to. From the Times of Israel. 
Israel said to reject Chinese bids for a role in 5G network infrastructure. Israel's repeatedly set to reject Chinese bids for deployment of 5G wireless networks, both because the U.S. has urged it to limit Chinese involvement in its strategic projects and because Israeli security officials are concerned that China could abuse its involvement in the project to spy on Israel. Israel last July launched a tender for the construction of 5G networks open to local and overseas players, and the Khan ministry said at the time that it aimed to select the winning bids by December. In practice, however, the process has taken longer. Any government project will always take longer than it's supposed to. But security officials have recently been warning Prime Minister Netanyahu to not select Chinese firms for the project. Even if the lowest priced offer comes from China, it should not be allowed to win the contract and set up these vital, sensitive networks, the officials have reportedly told the Prime Minister in closed-door discussions. And I guarantee you that that was Pompeo speaking about that issue, speaking, as we already saw, they canceled the Chinese bid for the uh, water treatment plant or the desalinization plant. And uh, so we are extending our influence over Israel, but rightly so. We're trying to uh, help them out of a box as much as keep us as their uh, prime partner in uh, trade anyway. So from Hararetz, Netanyahu had little choice but to have China lose big Israel bid. Israel thought it could navigate between the powers, but the coronavirus crisis has sharpened tensions and Trump's re-election campaign is centered on blaming China. So there you go with that. He cannot harm Trump and come out unscathed. So he realizes that. From MIG News, this is translated from the Russian site, and so it may have some funny terminology, but it's a very interesting article. Israel and Saudi Arabia negotiate Temple Mount. The Israeli Hayom newspaper reports that representatives of Saudi Arabia and Israel are negotiating control of the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. Negotiations began in December, at the same time that President Trump prepared a project to extend Israeli sovereignty to the Jordan Valley. The negotiations are discussing the possibility of introducing Saudi representatives into the Waqf. A senior Saudi diplomat explained to the newspaper correspondent, this is a matter of strategically a matter of strategic importance. Once again, this is translated from Russian, so it's a little odd. I'm trying to correct it for you. A matter of strategic importance and secret discussions. Ambiguity persists. They say little about this, but high-ranking officials, diplomats, and representatives of the security services of Israel, the U.S., and Saudi Arabia participate in the negotiations. Until recently, Jordan strongly resisted any changes in the way Waqf worked. Her position, however, has changed after Turkey began to show more and more activity in East Jerusalem and the Temple Mount. After violent clashes near Sha'ar Rahamim on the Temple Mount, the Jordanians took an unusual step introducing Palestinian representatives into the Waqf, which contradicts Oslo's provisions. It was the Palestinian Authority delegates who allowed the Turkish organizations to create their bridgeheads on the Temple Mount. The activities of these organizations are funded by direct instruction of Turkish President Erdogan, and millions of dollars are allocated for it. As a result, Jordanians signal to Israel and the Americans that they are ready to show flexibility in the issue of the composition of Waqf. The main condition of the Jordanians is the requirement that the special status of the Jordanian royal house on the Temple Mount will not be affected, and that Saudi will transfer several million dollars to the activities of Waqf. They also demand pressure on Turkey so that it stops its penetration on the Temple Mount. 
A senior Arab diplomat told Hayom if the Jordanians allow the Turks to operate on the Temple Mount in Al-Aqsa, after a few years, Jordan's special status will remain on paper. They need Saudi's money and influence to stop Erdogan. Israel and the U.S. have also have plans, plans for Saudi Arabia to support the annexation because Saudi Arabia will also bring support from the UAE and Bahrain. The source added, it is too early to say whether these changes will be implemented. In the event that the Saudi representatives will only have observer status, whose opinion is not mandatory, the exclusive rights of Jordan to the Temple Mount will not be violated. Now, that's really interesting because Turkey is one of the countries that is listed in Ezekiel 38 as coming against Israel. I don't know if this is going to be a part of that. You know, there's something that is going to draw this great coalition against Israel. Maybe it's the Temple Mount. I wouldn't think so. I'd think probably more like oil or possibly some water resource, but my main guess would be oil. A second option, which I thought of years ago, is that uh, Israel... I don't know if you've seen the news in this past week, but Iran has been violating every possible part of the JCPOA and every other allowance that they have, and they've been doing it uh, just as quickly as possible during this COVID crisis. Israel may be forced to fly in and destroy some of Iran's assets, just like they did in Iraq back in the 80s. And if that happens, it may be that Russia will gather together a coalition and come against Israel. Something in the world will cause this to happen, which is already prophesied in the Bible. So we just have to keep an eye on it, but that's a really interesting part of this because they don't want the Turks having anything to do with the the, uh, Temple Mount and the Waqif. And so Saudi Arabia, who is not coming against Israel, as recorded in Ezekiel 8, is spending money on that. The Jordanians also are not coming against Israel in that battle, etc., etc. So you can see how all of these nations are lining up exactly as the Bible had said. And all we can do is just watch and see what happens. All right, Christian News. Just an announcement before I get into Christian news is that we have a visitor from Ohio. His name is Damien, and so we're very happy to have you here, and we thank you for making the effort. This poor guy came to Florida. He said he left uh, 80s and lots of sun up in Ohio. How long ago? Four or five days ago? Uh, About four days ago. And he got here, and it has been dumping rain, literally dumping rain. The streets out on Siesta Key are flooded. I'm sure it's the same on the mainland. And uh, this poor guy's down here and. 90 degree, high humidity, and nothing but gray skies and rain and uh, even some wind. But if you walk under a mango tree, you might get some free mangoes because they're coming down like crazy. I'm (laughs) taking care of them all this morning before coming to church, and all the mangoes are sitting there on the ground, so I picked them up. But uh, yeah, you got to be careful. You don't want a coconut or a mango falling on your head, but you might get something to eat in the process. Okay, Christian news from LifeSite. Fauci, not safe to distribute communion. This guy is a Catholic, okay? Not safe to distribute communion, but sex with strangers is your choice. Now, this is the kind of thing that's coming out of our government. This actually is not, you know, whatever. He's uh, an advisor, but Dr. Fauci has called on the church to not distribute communion during the coronavirus pandemic, but last month said sex with strangers is fine if you're willing to take a risk. So this is, this is the thinking up there. All right. Asked if the Eucharist can be distributed in a safe way, Fauci, the director of the NIAID, responded with an emphatic no. I think for the time being, you just got to forestall that. Last month, Fauci said it was 
tough to say whether it was all right during the pandemic to have sex with strangers met on dating apps like Tinder, but if you're willing to take a risk, and you know, everybody has their own tolerance for risks, you could figure out if you want to meet somebody. And it depends on the level of interaction that you might want to have. If you're looking for a friend, sit in a room and put on a mask and, you know, chat a bit. If you want to go a little bit more intimate, well, then that's your choice regarding a risk, he said. Fauci added, it's important to make sure the person is feeling well. Okay, so you're not adult enough in a church to come up and take communion, or as they call it, the Eucharist, I guess, in Catholicism, but you're adult enough to do anything you want with somebody that you don't even know. That is absolutely crazy. This is why we need to not participate in this any longer in any way, shape, or form. I've had somebody I was talking to here before church today, and he walks in to get some eyeglasses, and they put one of those guns to his head to uh, check the temperature, and he's like, yeah, you're not doing that to me. It's not going to happen. You're not getting my business if you're going to treat me that way, okay? You want to wear a mask, you keep yourself safe. And if you don't want to wear a mask, that should be your right. But I'm not going in any business where they tell me I have to do something like that. Okay, USA Today. I am outraged. Well, you know, that goes back to the same thing as Panera how many years ago when I used to stop at Panera and buy all kinds of goodies for the church for, you know, after the update and before the sermon. And the day they said, don't come in here with a gun anymore, I never went to Panera again, except somebody gave me a $20 gift certificate one time. And, you know, I'm not going to throw that away. So we went and got Panera. But I'm not going into a place where they say that you can't exercise your rights in one way or another. Especially, you can't take communion at a church. You know what Fauci can do. Okay, USA Today. I am outraged. D.C. Bishop denounces Trump's church visit after police clear protesters with tear gas. The Bishop of the Episcopal Diocese of Washington condemned President Trump for his visit to St. John's Episcopal Church. I know you heard about Trump's visit, but I don't know if you heard this lady's commentaries. So here we go. Near the uh, White House, after law enforcement officers used tear gas to clear protesters from the area. Let me be clear. The president just used a Bible, the most sacred text of the Judeo-Christian tradition, and one of the churches of my diocese, as if she owns it, without permission, as a backdrop for a message antithetical to the teachings of Jesus and everything that our churches stand for, Bishop Marianne Edgar Bood told CNN. This is a lady that promotes homosexuality. She is a lady, so she's not supposed to be in a, a position of authority in a church anyway, etc., etc. She violates the Bible every time that she opens her mouth. And she is accusing Trump of doing something wrong by standing up there and saying, I stand with Christians. I don't care what your denomination is. I don't care what your, uh, all I'm, he's making a, a statement that I stand with Christianity, just like our previous president said he stood with Muslims all the time. So, you know, this is, this is an upside down world. And there is nothing but, as you said, there's nothing but wickedness or righteousness left. I mean, it's just the, the lines are being divided further and further and further. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, marquee in front of the church, all welcome, except the president of the United States, and he didn't even go in. He just got a photo saying, I stand with Christians. Insane. And to do so, this is her comments again, he sanctioned the use of tear gas by police officers and riot gear to clear the churchyard. That was not sanctioned. If it happened, it was not sanctioned by the White House, and they knew that. I am outraged, Bud said. Trump has just delivered an address from the Rose Garden Monday evening, pledged to be a law and order president. She's a lefty liberal. This just gross law and order president and calling himself an ally to peaceful protesters. As he spoke, officers used tear gas canister. I'm not going to read more of that. You understand. This is just absolute nonsense. But this is the type of 
thinking in so many denominations in the world today. They're way out on the left. They don't have any care of God. They don't have any respect for the word of God. And you come up with this type of nonsense. Horrifying. Absolutely horrifying. From religion news, Italian Cardinal calls for better spiritual guidance for gays, lesbians. Now more than ever, the Catholic Church has begun to address how to minister to members of the LGBT community, especially when it comes to spiritual guidance. Following in Pope Francis's footsteps, an Italian archbishop invited Catholics to look at gays and lesbians as God looks at them. When I wouldn't want to be in that position, I'll tell you that. When communities will truly begin to look at people as God looks at them, then homosexual people will begin to feel naturally a part of the ecclesial community, said Cardinal Matteo Maria Zuppi, the archbishop of the northern Italian town of Bologna, in the preface of a newly released book. He voiced the need to not define a person based on a single characteristic. We mustn't relativize the law, he said, but make it relevant to the concrete person with their own peculiarities. When asked about creating spiritual guidance programs tailored specifically to members of the LGBT community, Zuppi said it's more important to have a specific outlook on people regardless of their characteristics. As Christians, we must look at the person as a child of God, meaning the full right to receive, feel, and experience the love of God just as any other child of God, he said. Take this book and just toss it out the window. Go to Romans 1 and read that, all right? Or anywhere else in the New Testament. Go to the last page of the Bible where it says those who are sexually immoral will not inherit the kingdom of God. They're going to get chucked into the place of fire. So I just these people are, have gone completely off their rockers from the Epic Times, Nevada to loosen exceptional limitation to places of worship after DOJ stepped in. We got a president that actually is trying to get things done through his Justice Department. From Fox, Grimes, anybody know who Grimes is? She's a lady that's married to Elon Musk. She's a singer or a movie star or something, I don't know, but anyway, she's married to Elon Musk. Grimes will legally sell her soul as a part of a virtual art exhibit titled Selling Out. So she's got this art exhibit and she's going to put her soul up for sale and you can buy it and the highest bidder gets her soul. Well, you know, my thought on that was people may not understand this. We're in churches all the time and we think that you can sell your soul. And I saw people posting under this article, please don't sell your soul. There's no such thing as selling your soul. Your soul already belongs to the devil from the moment that you are conceived. You are conceived in sin. All have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. And the reason that the Son of Man was made manifest, 1 John 3, 8, was to destroy the works of the devil. You are either already in the devil or you come to Jesus Christ. And those are the only two positions for humanity. So there's no selling of your soul. And I would hope that somebody that knows her would tell her that you can be redeemed from this type of stupid attitude and come to Christ and be saved. It's a but it's, it's a Hollywood concept, but it doesn't make any difference. Actually, it's, it's you know, the Catholicism pushes that type of stuff. I mean, it's just, there's no such thing as selling your soul. It already, by default, belongs to the devil from the moment that you are conceived until the moment you come to Christ. And that is something that people don't want to talk about, but that is the facts. You know, John 3, 18, which most people don't know. They know John 3, 16. Jesus says that you're condemned already. You're already condemned. You're already on the way to hell. What you need is to be brought out of that pit. And that comes from faith in Christ. And that is it. Those are your only two choices. So Islam today from the hill. 
Trump administration ends waivers in Obama-era nuclear deal with Iran. This is the last of them. They're done. Secretary of State Pompeo announced that the U.S. would end the last remaining sanction waivers enshrined in the Obama-era Iran nuclear deal, eliminating key provisions meant to encourage the transition of Tehran's nuclear ambitions to civilian use. The waivers had previously allowed European, Chinese, and Russian companies to do work at Iranian nuclear facilities without risking U.S. sanctions. Projects were meant to include repurposing nuclear sites for peaceful means and improving infrastructure to ensure compliance with safety regulations. Yet Trump administration officials argue it allowed for Tehran to continue its efforts to pursue a nuclear weapon. They are not even allowing inspectors into certain sites at all which were not part of this, but that tells you if you're not allowing them in, you're hiding something. So anyway, today I am ending the sanctions waiver for JCPOA-related projects in Iran, effective in 60 days. Iran's continued nuclear escalation makes clear this cooperation must end. Further attempts at nuclear extortion will only bring greater pressure on the regime. Business Insider, the U.S. military says Russian fighter jets in Libya are part of a bigger and more worrying plan for the region. USAFCCOM, which is AfricaCom, flatly rejected Russian claims that Moscow did not deploy fighter jets to Libya, saying that 14 aircraft flown in from Russia's long-term goal to establish a foothold in the region that could threaten NATO allies. Brigadier General Gregory Hadfield, Deputy Director for Intelligence, said the U.S. tracked the MiG-29 fighter jets and Su-24 fighter bombers that were flown in by Russian military passing through Iran and Syria before landing at Libya's Al-Jufra Air Base. The base is the main forward airfield for Khalifa Haftar and his self-styled LNA that have been waging an offensive to capture Tripoli. If Russia secures a permanent position in Libya, and worse, deploys long-range missile systems, it will be a game-changer for Europe, NATO, and many Western nations. Russia's interference in Libya gives it access to that country's oil and a military base strategically positioned in striking distance of Europe. Russia has denied links to the aircraft, calling them stupidity. Instead, Viktor Bondarov, the former Russian Air Force chief who heads the Defense Committee in the Upper House of Parliament, said the planes are not Russian, but could be Soviet-era aircraft owned by other African nations. Hadfield disputed that, saying there were none of those aircraft in that part of Africa. And he said, not only did we watch them fly from Russia by way of Iran and Syria to Libya, we were able to photograph them at multiple points. And they have photographs of them all the way landing right there in Libya, and they've got the satellite photos of them there on the ground. So it's obvious what's going on. And this is, whether the United States or anybody in this world except Bible believers understand it. This is a huge part of what is coming in Gog Magog. Things are just coming so quickly now, so much closer to where it needs to be before that occurs. Zero Hedge. Greece sends military to build the wall amid renewed Turkish migrant chaos threats. The massive wall concept as a physical barrier is a no-brainer. Once this fence goes up, Turkey will be severely compromised of its ability to push through migrants. And if that happens, then Ankara will have lost its most powerful tool of leverage against Europe and its chances, therefore, of clinching a new deal with Brussels, plus added financial support will fade. 
At the height of the crisis in March, local news crews captured scenes of heavy machinery on the Greek side of a key Evros crossing, erecting massive concrete blocks, likely to serve as a foundation for a broader, more expansive wall along the poorest land border with Turkey. The push for a border wall is nothing new for Athens. I reported on it last year as well. First pursued seriously almost a decade ago, despite broader European criticism. But the latest developments related to Syria and Turkey and the catastrophic 2015 migrant crisis, much of which Greece had to absorb, means Athens appears to now be fast-tracking such a project, given it's calling up the military to do so under emergency status. They're finally waking up. I mean, they're just finally waking up to what's been going on and the threats of Turkey. You know, millions more people going in and completely destroying the European Union, but who cares? Anyway, Breitbart, Ramadan rage. I know I reported on the uh, Ramadan bombathon, but these are the final statistics. 2020 logs 30% more jihadist attacks than 2019, despite the coronavirus. So there they are having their unholy month and blowing people up. From Jihad Watch, Florida. You probably saw this. If not, you need to be aware of it. Hijab-wearing Muslim woman, sister of jihad terrorist, attacks a cop with a knife. And we got taxpayer relief because he killed her. Good job, policeman. All right. Hey, you get attacked with a knife and you're a police officer, you ought to be able to pull out that gun and end that right away. Okay. If you don't think that that's serious, if you think I'm just taking that lightly, go online and look at the police officers that are faced with people with knives, just knives. And they'll say, put down your gun 300 times and the guy will keep coming. And finally, he'll think that he's subdued the guy and he'll end up having cuts all over his body because he didn't do his job. He should have just blown the guy away. But they're trying to save human lives. I'm telling you, these people do not care about their lives. And so they certainly don't care about your lives. Anyway, Mongolia, AA.com, Turkish aid agency supports agriculture in Mongolia. They're genetically linked people, says the uh, Mongolians and the uh, Turks, you know, and then you got, uh, they just kind of, uh, throughout the movement of the nations, there, there's old, you know, genetic links to them and cultural links, etc. So, Turkish aid agency supports agriculture in Mongolia. Turkey's state-run aid agency built a 250-ton capacity underground vegetable warehouse in Mongolia's Henti province. The warehouse spread over 300 square meters aims to lengthen the product's shelf life and increase their market value. A variety of vegetables, including potatoes, onions, courgettes, whatever they are, and carrots are grown in the province. Lack of vegetable storage is one of the biggest issues vegetable growers face in the country. At least 500 citizens will make use of this storehouse. Our people will be able to eat fresh veggies in all seasons. Henty's vegetable production is expected to grow after the much-needed vegetable storehouse. So good job for Mongolia. Daniel 12 Technology. New York Daily. Navy ship. What did Navy ship do about a week ago, anybody? Well, it did depart. We have them depart from ports all the time, but uh, this one happened to shoot down a drone with a laser beam. Yeah, doesn't get much more futuristic than a Navy ship downing a drone with a weaponized laser. Grainy video released by the U.S. Naval Institute appears to show the USS Portland taking aim at an aerial drone, then unleashing its laser beam and blowing the aircraft out of the sky over Pearl Harbor. The test was the first at sea for the SSLTM laser system, which is reportedly a 150-kilowatt laser weapon. The Navy is reportedly examining with a wide range of lasers meant to either knock down or warn 
incoming aircraft. That's very cool. And you got to think it's one, not expensive. Once the technology is developed, it's installed. You just have a little bit of power and you wipe out the enemy and you can react very quickly. You don't need to worry if the bombs or missiles are going to miss. They just lock on and evaporate them or whatever you do with lasers. But kind of interesting from what? Yeah, cook them. From uh, Fox News, bionic eye with better vision than humans is coming in five years. The world's first 3D artificial eyeball capable of outperforming the human eye in some ways may help droves of people who are partially or fully blind in as little as five years, according to experts. Researchers from Hong Kong University of Science and Technology have devised an electrochemical eye whose structure and performance mimic those of human ones that we're born with. The device design has a high degree of structural similarity to a human eye with the potential to achieve high imaging resolution when individual nanowires are electrically addressed. The device converts images through tiny sensors that mirror the light-detecting photoreceptor cells in a human eye. Those sensors reside within a membrane made of aluminum and tungsten, which is shaped into half a sphere for the purpose of mimicking a human retina. The retina is the eye's innermost layer of tissue, which translates images into electrical neural impulses to the brain in order to create visual perception. Creating such a device with image sensing characteristics such as an extremely wide field of view and high resolution has presented a significant challenge for scientists due to the spherical shape and the retina of the biological eye. The latest development addresses that and could lead to the bionic eye. That takes me all the way back to the 1970s when I was a boy and I used to watch Steve Austin, the $6 million man, and he had a bionic eye. So good stuff back then. Revelation Plagues, Zero Hedge, Pew, Democrats represent 41 of 44 districts with highest COVID-19 death tolls. This is just kind of a repeat of something from last week, a different take on it. The places hit hardest by the coronavirus outbreak, which have relatively large (laughs) shares of ethnic and racial minorities and residents living in densely populated urban and suburban areas are almost all represented by congressional Democrats. As of last week, nearly one quarter of all the deaths in the U.S. attributed to the coronavirus have been in just 12 congressional districts, all located in New York City and represented by Democrats in Congress. Note, Pew finds there are differences in death rates in terms of race, but not poverty level. So there you go with that. Gateway Pundit says masks are symbolic, says Dr. Fauci and the New England Journal of Medicine. In other words, you don't need them. They knew it all along, but they're symbolic. They make people feel better. And so that's why you have to wear a mask. From Fox, World Health Organization guidance, healthy people should wear masks only when taking care of CV patients. Okay. Zero Hedge. 98.1% of COVID-19 deaths in Massachusetts had an underlying health condition. 98.1%. 98.1%. That is, that just shows you that this was not the threat that they said all along. From Zero Hedge, virus no longer exists in Italy. Top Italian doctor sees COVID potency plunge. It is done. Italy is free from this. From The Guardian, global report, fears of coronavirus surge from U.S. protests as world cases hit 6 million. So they're going to have their protests, let them protest, protest, and then they're going to say, we've got a surge again and we need to close down the economy again. And you know what Trump is going to say? Yeah, 
Yeah, ain't gonna happen. But you know, you can see this game plan. It just, it, it, it's so funny how we have this thing where you have to wear masks, and then as soon as it starts to taper off, people are having riots wearing masks, right? Because they were talking about passing a law just last year that if you have a mask during protest, you can be arrested. Well, now you can't do that because you have to wear a mask. So the entire thing is just one string of setup. Somebody coming up with ideas and saying, now it's time to do this. Now it's time to do this. Now it's time to do this. Zero Hedge. German official leaks report denouncing COVID-19 as a global false alarm. This is a German government report. And some people got in trouble for releasing it because they didn't want it out. Germany's federal government and MSM are engaged in damage control. After a report that challenges the establishment of the corona narrative leaked from the Interior Ministry. Some of the report key passages are, one, the dangerousness of COVID-19 was overestimated. Probably at no point did the danger posed by the new virus go beyond the normal level. The people who die from corona are essentially those who would statistically die this year because they have reached the end of their lives and their weakened bodies can no longer cope with any random everyday stress, including the approximately 150 viruses currently in circulation. Worldwide, within a quarter of a year, there has been no more than 250,000 deaths from COVID-19 compared to 1.5 million deaths during the influenza wave of 2017-2018. The danger is obviously no greater than that of many other viruses. There is no evidence that this was more than a false alarm. Initially, the government tried to dismiss the report as the work of one employee and its contents as his own opinion. While the journalists closed ranks, no questions asked with the politicians, but the 93 pages report titled analysis of the crisis management has been drafted by a scientific panel appointed by the interior ministry and composed by external medical experts from several German universities. The report was the initiative of a department of the interior ministry called unit KM4 and in charge with the protection of critical infrastructures. The authors of the report issued a joint press release berating the government for ignoring expert advice and asking for the interior minister to officially comment upon the experts' joint statement. Therapeutic and preventive measures should never bring more harm than the illness itself. Their aim should be to protect the risk groups without endangering the availability of medical care and the health of the whole population as it is unfortunately occurring. There you go. They tried to hide it in Germany. They couldn't. It got out. But that is their analysis from Germany. From watchers, Iran faces worst locust plague in 50 years. Recent attacks, unprecedented. Iran is under its worst desert locust outbreak in the past 50 years, and for the second year in a row, compared with last year, the swarms of desert locusts are much larger, and it is safe to claim that the recent attacks are unprecedented. According to the FAO situation, update on May 27, 2020, adult locusts are forming groups and small swarms in spring breeding areas along parts of the Sistan, Balkhustan, and the southern coast area as vegetation is drying out. FAO noted that the infestations will continue moving east to the Indo-Pakistan summer breeding areas. With the worsening situation, Iran may deploy its military to help contain the invasion in the country's southern region. 
The outbreak is adding to problems as the nation is faced amid battling against coronavirus pandemic, as well as the economic turmoil following ending U.S. sanctions. So there you go with that. Iran is getting one more thing after another, but that's okay because they brought it on themselves. And I'm not trying to say that this is God's judgment. That's coming in the tribulation period. And if the Lord judges nations in this way, that's fine. But I'm not one to point at every one of those things and say, well, see, God is judging that nation. Locusts are natural. As it says, they had it 50 years ago, but they've brought these things on themselves anyway. From morality, CNN, Skittles ditches the rainbow to celebrate the LGBTQ community for Pride Month. So if you go to the store and you see a black and white or a grayish colored Skittles bag, don't buy it anyway, but there you go. That's why. From Mail Online, New York City bans the words alien and illegal when referring to immigrants because the terms are degrading. Yes, Epic Times, Missouri Attorney General says all, all St. Louis looters rioters were released no charges all of them yes or other category reuters russia starts building its first stealth bomber russia has begun building a prototype of its first stealth bomber which should be completed next year when completed and operational the new plane will be able to carry an array of advanced missiles and bombs including hypersonic weapons the aircraft known as the PAKDA, or P-A-K-D-A, I don't know which it is, will compete with the U.S. B-2 Strategic Stealth Bomber, which entered service in 1997. China is also developing its own stealth bomber, the Xeon H-20. Russia has already developed its own stealth fighter, the Sukhoi-57. It first flew in 2010, but has yet to be manufactured in large numbers. Question for you, does anybody know where stealth technology originally came from? Because... No, it didn't. What's that? No, it didn't. No, no, it came from Russia. Believe it or not, they were trying to develop stealth here in the United States, and they had no idea how to do it. And they knew that it all came down to uh, geometry and, and, you know, yeah, angles and stuff. And there is a guy, a Russian guy, that wrote a report on something that happened to fit that model. And so they read that report, and they never told the Russians that this is where that came from. So they're using Russian technology, which was open from a probably a doctoral dissertation or something and used it to build our first stealth bomber. So there you go. There's, I saw that on a stealth thing on the, what is it, the History Channel like 20 years ago or something. So the information may be a little wrong after all these years, but that is where it came from. Okay, Newsweek. China says it will use military force to take control of Taiwan if diplomacy fails. Chinese general has warned that Beijing will not rule out the use of force to take control of Taiwan as the CCP closed its annual National People's Congress in Beijing. General Li Zhushen, the chief of the Joint Staff Department and member of the Central Military Commission, said that while peaceful diplomacy is preferred, China will consider using force to establish control over Taipei as part of its One China policy. As long as there's a slightest chance of a peaceful resolution, we will put in 100 times the effort, Lee said. Still, he warned Taiwanese independence advocates that their path leads to a dead end. Any challenge to this law will be severely punished. From Zero Hedge, ready for war? Largest Chinese base has full-scale model of Taiwan's presidential palace. Yeah, Satellite photos released over the weekend revealed the presence of a full-scale model of the Taiwanese presidential palace at a Chinese military base. In this, what do you think they're going to do with that? Oh, you know, woo, let's, let's have parties in it. 
In the uh, satellite photos, the images revealed that China's Zurein, I guess, combined tactics training base, which is the largest of its kind, has a replica of Taiwan's presidential palace so that the soldiers of the PLA could conduct storming exercises. While conducting urban warfare in mock towns is standard procedure for most militaries, the replica of the Taiwanese presidential palace appears to have a more nationalistic twist as tensions remain high between Beijing and Taipei. From the Free Beacon, China working to assume control of UN agencies. China is working to assume control of multiple key UN agencies in order to subvert U.S. influence and advance its anti-democratic agenda. China currently holds four of the top 15 leading positions within the organization, including a seat on the powerful Security Council. The country's sway was on full display this year when it successfully pressured the World Health Organization to hide information about the coronavirus pandemic. The Communist Party is also using its influence at the UN to thwart investigations into its human rights record and other state-backed atrocities, including its coronavirus cover-up. China has blocked dissidents from petitioning the UN Human Rights Council and has even threatened retaliation against diplomats seeking an investigation of these abuses. The White House is placing a greater emphasis on combating China's manipulation of the UN, which could entail withholding further funding to the body and sanctions on top community party figures. These efforts are likely to receive bipartisan backing in Congress as both Republicans and Democrats seek to hold China accountable in the wake of the coronavirus pandemic. Our previous three or four presidents did absolutely nothing about China. They were warned about it. They said they were going to take action when they were campaigning, and they never did. And now this mess has to be cleaned up by our president. I will say something. I saw something yesterday. I was waiting for her to cook the wonderful dinner we had, and I was just watching. I always pick like a three or four minute long YouTube video just in case dinner gets ready. And um, there was something Trump was up in Maine, or he had people from Maine down with him. He was probably up in Maine is my guess. And it was him talking in a round table. And I'm going to tell you what, that guy is an absolute genius. He sat there in just a few minutes of conversation with these people, and he understood every single thing that was going on he would say well president we have this issue and he'd say well i'm going to get this guy on that we're going to get it fixed right now and he was so quick that guy's mind is just so quick he sat there and they said that they want to sell their lobsters to the european union and there's like 112 percent tariff okay we'll say something like that some giant amount canada right over the border same bay same water has no tariff and so we can't compete with that it's impossible And Trump said, we're going to get that squared away right now. And he told the guy, I want you to tell them. I want you to get on the phone and you call the EU and we are going to raise the tariffs on cars commensurate with this if they don't drop that tariff today. And this guy takes no nonsense. It was marvelous. And I don't mean today, literally. I mean, get it done right now. And the guy says, we'll get it done. And then somebody else brought up another issue on blueberries. And he said, you take that blueberry issue and you get that handled and this will not happen anymore. And he remembered the percentage of a tariff that we have to pay on something going over the border in Canada from like uh, Wisconsin or something, dairy products. He said it was 317%. And I did that three or four months ago. He remembered everything about that conversation. We have the right man in the office to handle these dangerous times. I am so thankful. And I'll tell you one thing. 
I am so sick of Christians that are unwilling to say, I'm going to vote for President Trump. I am, I am thoroughly done with those people. I, I have no, no care at all for them. They are worse than non-believers, in my opinion, because if they don't vote, they are giving their vote to the Democrat Party of the United States of America. It is uncalled for, that attitude. They're voting for Satan. They, they're, they're explicitly, because they know that they're not voting, and they know their vote is going to not be used towards this man. I don't care if he's a great guy or not. It makes no difference to me. He is a great president, and that's what matters to me. Wall Street Journal, gone with the wind. Pandemic threatens to reduce movie theaters to rubble. Wall Street Journal, remote work could spark housing boom in suburbs, smaller cities, because they don't have to work at home anymore. They've proven that they don't need to have office spaces and everything, so now they're thinking that suburbs are going to grow. Unfortunately, most of these people are lefties, and if they move into the suburbs where they vote right, it may cause trouble. So I don't know. We'll see where that goes. From the Washington Times, gun sales surge 80% in May over 2019, says research firm. We did April last week, May this week. Zero Hedge, May firearm background checks the third highest on record. Epic Times, New York makes it felony for law enforcement to share illegal alien data with ICE. What? Unbelievable. Business Insider, China threatens to retaliate after Boris Johnson offers 3 million Hong Kong citizens asylum in the United Kingdom. Good job. I'm I would take every one of them. They are productive people. They're very courteous people. I went to Hong Kong anytime I could when I was in Japan. Took my brother down there. It's, it's marvelous. They're hardworking, decent people. I saw another bill being proposed by some guy in the parliament. Any Hong Kong resident that wants to come. They have three million people that can have joint citizenship. They can come or they can, I, they can choose. That's who Boris Johnson was talking about. They're talking about actually draining Hong Kong and moving them all to England. Good job. I love it. And bring them in. They're such hardworking, decent people. I mean, there's a lot of bad guys in Hong Kong, too. But, you know, you just you rub them out. Whatever. All right. Zero hedge. Let's see here. Um, White House slaps retaliatory foreign mission restrictions on more Chinese media outlets. They did that to us, and so now we're doing it to them. Pretty soon there's going to be no media outlets from China in this country that can operate without a very, very tight hold on them. And good job at that. Epic Times. Chicago mayor pleads with Walmart other retailers to not abandon the city after unrest. They burn down all of the Walmarts, they burn down all of these places, and they say, please don't go. I'd pull out of there, I'd be out of there so fast you couldn't believe it. All right, Epic Times, Minneapolis unrest brings $55 million in property damage. That was earlier in the week. By now, it's probably a billion dollars. Okay, got a couple. I got a couple of less works here for you because his wife and he did one. It's a shorter update today, so I can fit them both in. And I don't know which is which, so you just have to uh, figure, was this a guy that wrote it or a lady? Okay, men think they can outdo our God, putting sight in aluminum pod, a gift to the blind, but then we will find that fake can't be real. It's just odd. And then the second one is a disciples, a pupil of light that looks forward and back in hindsight. But with new help from man, visions the part of the plan to help all see both day and the night. So there you go. It's talking about the bionic eye. And I would guess, this is my guess, that the second one was probably the Catholic because it's kind of positive, where the first one was negative and guys are usually negative. So I could be wrong. It could be having 
completely the opposite. I don't know. Okay, I got some ironies here for you. Before I tell you about that, I want to let you know that Sergio and Rhoda have put out a new video. We watched it before the uh, church service today. It's very good. It's where the well is Gideon Spring, where the uh, fighters went, and they were paired down to 300 men, and then from there they went and attacked 135,000 Midianites. 300 against 135,000, that is 450 to 1 odds, and the Lord prevailed. It's a great video. Go watch the video, and let's see here. Three ironies today. These are riot irony. Riot irony, okay, from World Net Daily. Coronavirus guidelines. No screaming on a roller coaster. Yes. From American News. Editor of Progressive Newspaper, and she is a big lefty, this one. Editor of Progressive Newspaper celebrated protesters, then they stormed and trashed her office. That's good news. Yes. Now, this last one, I try to keep them short because it's more ironic, but I have to draw this last one out, but it's, it's wonderful. Okay. From Twitter. Chris Martin Palmer. This is some lefty that's in uh, the ESPN, okay, sports. Okay, Chris Martin Palmer at Chris Palmer NBA. He did a tweet with a picture of a, a building being burnt down. And he wrote, burn that blank down. Burn it all down. He's supporting these protesters, right? Next day, Twitter, Chris Martin Palmer at Chris Palmer NBA. They just attacked our sister community down the street. It's a gated community, and they tried to climb the gates. They had to beat them back, then destroyed a Starbucks, and are now in front of my building. Get these animals the blank blank out of my neighborhood. Go back to where you live. That is the epitome of irony there. Such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is the Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week.